0: The coronavirus pandemic might be here, but the Pandemic Podcast is here as well. I'm Will Bowling from my home studio here in Brentwood, Tennessee, where we're going to hit all of the Tennessee headlines coming up over the next half hour or so on the newest episode this week, the first Pandemic Podcast here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Tennessee's going to have to go a new direction for its strength coach. Craig Fitzgerald's headed to the New York Giants. We're going to talk with Ben McKee out of Knoxville uh, and see where Tennessee might go next at that position and how big of a loss that is in a big offseason for Jeremy Pruitt and the University of Tennessee. Plus, maybe the content uh, you're actually coming here for, uh, Ben and I are going to tell you what we're doing to pass the time. There's hardly any sports to talk about right now, especially on the Tennessee side of things. There's no free agency. So we're going to give you our top things that we're doing uh, during this little break right now, a break we were not expecting to have in the middle of March Madness, uh, but one that we were given in March Sadness. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. It's 104.5 The Zone, and it starts right now.
1: The top stories of the top insiders on Rocky Top. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast
0: with your host,
1: Will Bowling.
0: Coming to you live from the living room, welcome into to the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. My name is Will Bowling. Ben McKee of the Swain Event and Rocky Top Insider will join me in a couple of moments. That is a text message on my computer. And those are the things that we're going to have to put up with from the home studio here on the Pandemic Pod. Welcome in, everybody. We're going to talk Tennessee headlines. We're going to talk about uh, how we're passing the time if you're stir-crazy like me. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll give you something to pass the time with. Uh, a little bit of Xbox, a little bit of Netflix, uh, anything in between. Uh, my Jack Russell Bailey is my other co-host. She, is, uh, she just perked up when I said that. That was actually kind of impressive. She's laying next to me. Um, it's going to be good. We're going to keep you guys up to date and informed, hopefully entertained a little bit uh, over these next couple of weeks uh, as we talk to you via Skype. Uh, with the guests we're gonna have on uh, here remotely from the home studio. All this can happen though because of my friends who are right down the street from where I am right now at Brentwood Hearing Center. And if uh, maybe you're like me and um, you need to be hearing more content right now, you're searching, you're begging uh, for somewhere to go for uh, something that's entertaining, something that's gonna keep you captivated, you wanna make sure you can actually hear that content. Uh, and and the folks at Brentwood Hearing Center are going to be able to do that for you. They've got five doctors of audiology with more than 85 years of combined experience, and they're going to take care of your hearing care needs. You can visit them online at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. You can give them a call right now at 615-377-0420. And if you need adjustments to your hearing aids, maybe you want to uh, schedule an appointment, learn what they're about, go ahead and give them a call still. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, a service curbside uh, uh, for the next week. Uh, so give them a call, see what uh, they're all about, uh, and at least bookmark that number. Uh, if after all this is done, you, you think, well, that, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I start getting back out again, is fix my hearing. I'm going to finally be able to hear the conversations at the dinner table, and maybe my, uh, my husband or wife is finally going to be able to hear me, uh, and I'll be able to hear them. BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. That's your place to go. Uh, They are the hearing care provider in Middle Tennessee. Uh, And again, you can visit them online, BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. And their phone number is is easy as well 615 377 0420. All right. So we're going to jump into a conversation with Ben McKee out of Knoxville uh, in a couple of moments. Uh, The big headline, of course, Craig Fitzgerald, Tennessee's strength coach. Uh, A guy who Jeremy Pruitt really had good things to say about, especially this offseason, and just how big it was to get him to stay, to keep him in the fold, uh, turning down uh, reportedly the likes of Alabama to stay at the University of Tennessee. He's headed back to the NFL now, uh, joining the New York Giants. Uh, So that's the big headline to discuss right now. Uh, And also eligibility concerns. Where does Tennessee baseball uh, go next? Uh, Will they be able to get some of their big prospects back? This was going to be a really big year for Tony Vitello's team. uh, And unfortunately for them, they're going to have to regroup uh, and hopefully get eligibility back for guys like Ilaric Solari, uh, Garrett Crochet, uh, who are likely headed to Major League Baseball. So let's get into all that. Uh, Ben McKee of the Swain Event joins us now. So we're joined now by Ben McKee, all of us in our home studios today here in Brentwood, talking to Ben in Knoxville. Uh, ben, really not a, a ton of headlines to talk about, other than the fact that Craig Fitzgerald is uh, is moving on as Tennessee's strength coach. Uh, but first of all, perhaps the question that uh, everyone wants to hear first, how have you been passing the time during uh, your quarantine uh, work hours of, up there in Knoxville?
1: A lot of MLB The Show, Okay. Fortnite. 2K, uh, Netflix, uh, although technically I haven't been watching Netflix, I have been binge-watching TV, but it's been on CBS All Access. I've been watching SEAL Team, so okay. that is that is the show that I have been binge-watching after I finished The Sopranos, so a lot of TV and, and video games.
0: Strong, very strong. We'll, we'll get into kind of... Uh, what we're doing a little bit more on those shows and on video games kind of towards the end of this podcast. But uh, I want to, of course, start with our normal jobs, which uh, we're, not, we're not really able to do as much of right now. But um, how big of a loss is the Craig Fitzgerald loss for Tennessee? And uh, I, I know a lot of the speculation has been that Jeremy Pruitt will likely uh, promote from within for that strength coach hire. Uh, but just how big of a loss is that? Where do you see Jeremy Pruitt going uh, at that position?
1: Oh, it's a huge loss. I mean, Craig Fitzgerald is a guy that just last week, three weeks ago, sorry, my days are all running together now.
0: Yeah, every day's uh, Monday, three right? Three weeks now. ago,
1: <laughs> on, on that Tuesday, the first Tuesday Spring practice, Anthony Jeremy Pruitt bragged about, alluded to the fact that Craig Fitzgerald turned down Nick Saban and uh, really spoke highly of. Craig Fitzgerald on, on multiple occasions and, and multiple questions and, and multiple responses. Uh, he, he's a guy that Jeremy Pruitt absolutely loved. I mean, that, that is why he pointed up and, and paid him a lot of money last off season. He was the third paid strength and conditioning coach and on top of the Craig Fitzgerald got a brand new weight room. Everything he wanted, he got in, in that weight room, uh, kind of transitioning from a, uh, a a finesse weight room to a to a more traditional weight room with with more of the, the the customary equipment that you would see in in a weight room so he, he was paid handsomely he was given anything he wanted he was given the keys to to the finest car he could drive or, or the v car he wanted and so it is a big loss when you lose somebody who is well respected, viewed as one of the best in the country. Um, and I mean, he turned down Nick Saban two weeks ago, three weeks ago, earlier this month when Scott Cochran left to take the Georgia job. So anytime you lose somebody of, of that stature, it, it's a big loss. So, uh it, it looks like Jeremy Pruitt will promote from within. Um, I would be surprised if he pro- promotes from within. It sounds like it's going to be AJ Artisan. Uh, the The young man who uh, was at Duke and, and he he is very well respected within the strength and, and conditioning world he's well well respected at Tennessee and, and he's very talented he just hasn't had a chance to prove himself he's kind of like a minor league baseball prospect that you, that you hear a ton about and they have all the potential in the world and they are very talented. They are tearing it up at the AA level, at the AAA level, and they just haven't had their opportunity to prove themselves in the big leagues. That, that's kind of where he stands, but uh, he was given as much responsibility as anybody uh, ever has under Craig Fitzgerald. He was his right hand man, and, and he was responsible for a lot of Tennessee success more than people would realize just because his name isn't Craig Fitzgerald. So uh, he is. He, he has a bright future, and it looks like he's going to get the keys to the job. And part of that is because Tennessee doesn't necessarily have time to go out and and, and hire a strength a strength staff coach um, because of obviously everything the world is going through right now. And then even on top of the coronavirus and, and the shutdown, even if that wasn't going on, it's the middle of spring practice, and uh, teams are in the middle of their. Off-season conditioning, off-season lifting—it would have been hard to hire somebody this time of year anyway. So it's a big loss. Uh, but I would be surprised if Jeremy Pruitt did not did not promote from within.
0: And Ben, here's kind of my biggest takeaway on this, and maybe I'm maybe I'm overreacting, uh, kind of taking things a step too far, and, and looking too hard for positives. But um, a, I think it's uh, it is certainly an endorsement of Jeremy Pruitt and of Tennessee that in uh, Alabama. And uh, the New York Giants, who, who end up getting Craig Fitzgerald, wanted the guy that Jeremy Pruitt was really saying really good things about. It's, it's kind of an endorsement for where Jeremy Pruitt is taking this program that some of the biggest names and uh, the biggest platforms in all of football, professional or college, uh, wants a piece of what Tennessee is doing. I think, A, that's a big endorsement for Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, but B, I think the the positive that I take from this is now, and, and if it works out great, if it doesn't, you know, that jury is still out. But this is the second hire that Jeremy Pruitt has made that has been built from his own program at Tennessee. And what I mean by that is his ability to promote from within, I think, shows that Tennessee now kind of has a factory of coaches and a factory of staff um, th- that they can use to their advantage. Because once you kind of create that continuity, you create a system and a, a process that you think works, it's in your best interest to continue promoting from within and, and keeping guys kind of in the family, in the system, uh, like a Joe Osevet and, and a Shelton Felton, and now potentially at strength coach as well. I think that is a really good sign for Tennessee, because it shows that Jeremy Pruitt is establishing the culture and establishing the process that he wants, where guys not only want to stay, but they want to build through his system. Uh, and I think long term, that's going to really be a big advantage uh, for a Tennessee program, and kind of creating their own way, like you hear about the Belichick way in New England, and and kind of the Saban way in Alabama. Am I going too far on that, or do you think that's a fair uh, a fair assessment at this point?
1: I, I think it may be a little premature, fair. but okay. you're on track. I, I, I would, I personally would want to wait and see. How Shelton Felton, goes yeah, right, that. yeah, definitely, and AJ Artist. If he does get the job, I want to see how they how they fare. Do they succeed? Um, do they drown? So I think that will determine the answer for your for your question. But I think you're on the right track, most definitely. Uh, just again, I think you're you're a little premature, but he has built a, a culture for the most part. Um, he being Jeremy Pruitt has built a culture to where people want to be in Knoxville. Now, he has run into some issues in which he hasn't necessarily gotten along with some coaches. I mean, it's no secret that uh, Chris Rump and, and Tracy Rocker and Tyson Helton and Terry Fair, Pruitt didn't necessarily get along with those with those coaches at all times. And there, there's not a, a working relationship in the coaching industry in which a head coach and a position coach gets along with one another 100% of the time, but... Uh, I do think some of the issues that maybe were sparked in in those particular relationships was because Jeremy Pruitt was a a first-time head coach, a second-year head coach, and he was learning on the job. And and he is improving in the area of realizing that he can't be like Nick Saban 100% of the time because he hasn't won like Nick Saban. So I do think he is still trying to to manage those relationships, but – I think the strength staff is a perfect example of the culture that Tennessee has rather than what Jeremy Pruitt is building. I do think what Jeremy Pruitt is building is contagious and um, is appealing. But again, he, he he's still difficult to work for. So he's still trying to iron out those kinks. And anybody who has heard me on the Swain event, and, and even listen to Jason Swain, this is kind of our biggest critique and only critique of, of Jeremy Pruitt to this point, is him being able to manage relationships with adults. We all know he's terrific in recruiting, and he's a player's coach, and he the players love playing for him. But in terms of managing adults as a head coach, that is where he really needs to, to work on right now because in the coaching industry, he does have a reputation for being hard to work for hard to deal with, so that is something that he is continue, continuing to evolve with, and I, I think he'll get there. He has the makings uh, of you know making that work, um, but the the culture of, of just Tennessee in general, I think the strength staff and the potential replacement is a perfect example of that with A.J. Artis, uh, with Byron Jadot, who are our two strength coaches, assistant strength coaches, and they're newly married. I believe they have young families and they don't want to leave. They they found out about Craig Fitzgerald leaving to take the Giants job and they do not want to leave Uh, because in addition to working for Pruitt, they love being in Knoxville. They love the passion that comes with the university of Tennessee football. And so I think that's really cool and and speaks more to what you were getting at will uh, is that the the university of Tennessee and the city of Knoxville and East Tennessee and the, the fans and the passion and the resources there's a a niche there that I don't think a lot of people uh, realize when you look at it from a national perspective, but when you get here, the assistant coaches see it and they want to stay because even like Chris Rump and Tracy rocker, um, you know, they're not, they're not here because of maybe some, some tension with Pruitt, not because of the university of Tennessee, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. and, And really, I think the reason I come to that conclusion is because when Butch Jones promoted Larry Scott, and promoted his guy kind of from within to be offensive coordinator, it ultimately was one of the uh, kind of the final straws for him because it didn't work at all. It, it it completely crashed and burned in his final year. So I guess really what I'm saying is compared to previous administrations and pre- previous coaching staffs, I respect and I trust the Jeremy Pruitt process a lot more than I would have trusted a, a process of a Derek Dooley or a Butch Jones, which is not saying a lot. But it's at least nice for Tennessee fans to know at this point that there is a process there. There is a system that uh, so far so good has worked. So we don't have any reason not to trust, I guess, is what I'm saying, um, kind of these hires yeah. from within for, for this program.
1: And, and I would add, just kind of going off what you were saying, is the reason that I trust Jeremy Pruitt and, and his plan moving forward and his ability to put together a, a coaching staff, is because, yes, he has had a lot of coaching turnover over the last two years, but though it hasn't been at key positions. Really, Craig Fitzgerald um, has been the, the only key staff member. That, that's how I should should have put it the first time. True. He hasn't had key staff members leave. Like, sure, Tyson Helton was the offensive coordinator, but if Tyson Helton did not take the, the head coaching job at Western Kentucky – he was going to get fired. Um, you know, and then the defensive coordinator, he had co-defensive coordinators with, with Kevin Shearer and Chris Rump in year one. And, you know, that was Jeremy Poole's defense in year one. And you can say that those were mistakes right off the bat, but he corrected, corrected those mistakes as good as you can. You you can't <laughs> correct a mistake better than hiring Jim Chaney and honoring yeah. Derek Ansley. Absolutely. Uh, and then, bringing on Craig Fitzgerald at the very beginning, uh, going and getting T. Martin, going and getting Jay Graham uh, and and other coaches. So uh, that is what gives me comfort, even though he has had quite a bit of coaching turnover in the first two years, is that they've been outside linebacker coaches. You can go find outside linebacker coaches. You can go find inside linebacker coaches and tight end coaches and DB coaches, especially when you are a DB-minded coach. Head coach in the first place. So, at the key positions, he has made strong hires, and at those, you know, key positions, he hasn't had the best of the best on his staff leave, except for Craig Fitzgerald. And, and that wasn't a situation to where, you know, Craig Fitzgerald really wanted out of Tennessee. That was more of him wanting to get closer to home. And I know Tennessee fans are tired of hearing that, but that truly was the case. Uh, he has family up in the New York area or up north, and he wanted to get closer to that and, and be in the NFL. So that's what gives me comfort is, is that the key position for the coaching staff, he has made good hires, and those coaches aren't leaving.
0: So, Ben, final uh, Vols question I've got for you today. Really, it is a bummer for Tennessee baseball that this entire season is going to get canceled uh, especially given the, the two prospects they have specifically in, in Garrett Crochet uh, and Al Solari, uh, who likely become first round picks and guys that even with an extra year of eligibility uh, are, are going to choose to go to Major League Baseball instead of come back for a year. Uh, is there a chance that either of those guys comes back for another season next year? And, uh, and how disappointing is this for a program that Tony Vitello had really ready to, to take the next step this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a chance just because the MLB draft, happen. if the MLB draft doesn't happen, then obviously those two are coming back. But if a draft is held, Garrett Crochet is without a doubt gone, and he would be stupid to return to school, quite frankly, just because he's a left handed pitcher, can touch 90, has filthy breaking stuff, off speed stuff, and uh, has a unique personality that I think a lot of teams will fall in love with. And teams, Don't pass up on lefties who throw upper 90s in the draft. I mean, they are up to the board with the quickness. And then you mix in a a filthy curveball, filthy slider, and a a nice changeup, and there's no way he comes back. He is going to be a a millionaire next year, assuming the draft is heard. I I, would money on him declaring for the draft. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is 100% gone. So, um I would expect those two to leave. Uh I'll be curious to see if Zach Daniels leaves. Uh he's a guy who has always had the potential, but he simply could not hit a breaking ball. That that was that was his kryptonite. He could not hit a breaking bone over the summer. Credit to him. He put in a lot of work and was able to to remedy uh that kryptonite and he was crushing the baseball. He if he performs the way he did this this only month of the season that he had, month and a half, then he is, without a doubt, a a top 10-round pick, in, in my opinion, with that combination of speed, athleticism, and power. And he's a good kid, good teammate. He's definitely a, a high-round draft pick. And, you know, Luke Litsius, the, the senior first baseman, he's been on campus forever, and he finally stays healthy. And his season just comes to an end because of the coronavirus. So I'd be curious to see what he does. Uh, Tennessee has some other seniors um, that that have been on campus for a while, fifth, six-year seniors. I'll be curious to see what they do. Will Heflin, uh, Landon Gray, are the two names that come to mind. It's a it's a really frustrating situation for Tennessee baseball as a whole. Uh, I heard Tony Vitello recently in a in a radio interview talk about his expectation this year was to host a regional. He he and his coaching staff has has been around plenty of. World Series teams, regional teams, and he thought this team was was up there with those teams. and Not necessarily that they were 100% guarantee to make the College World Series because there are no guarantees in sports, but he was very high on this baseball team from the moment he stepped foot on campus and took the job. He was building towards this year, and to use a baseball pun, he completely knocked it out of, out of the park. There you he go. completely knocked his plan out of the park, and they were ready, and, and they had the ability to make it to Omaha and compete for a national championship. And uh, he compared it to the growth of Clemson football to where they continued to build a build a build. And they finally had that year that pushed them over the top. And in his opinion, he thought that this was the year that could have pushed them over the top. Now, obviously they would have needed to sustain that, but he was confident that they could have. So it's very frustrating in that sense. And, They've progressed from year one to year two. They progressed from year two to year three. And then they had quite a bit of evidence to suggest that they were going to significantly um, improve this season and take a huge step forward for the program. And they just had their legs cut out from underneath them and they have to start over. So it's very frustrating thinking that that season that could have pushed them over the top to truly compete in the SEC year in. And year out to to be wiped away from them, um, but they'll still be a good baseball squad next year. They will lose some key pieces if the draft happens, but uh, as long as Tony Vitello is the the head coach of Tennessee baseball, they they are in good hands.
0: So Ben, uh, last thing I got for you: what is on the docket on uh, on MLB sh- MLB the show for you this afternoon? I know I'm going to be playing some FIFA, uh, probably rage quitting a couple of them because I I get worse as the day goes on. So I'll enjoy the first two games and then. Be miserable for the rest of them, but uh, uh what's on the docket for the uh, the rest of the afternoon from the house today?
1: Well, it's definitely going to be a franchise, okay. and I am a a mastermind of franchises. I, I fall in love with them, not in the sense of I just win everything, but I just I just do a deep dive into franchises, uh, and I'll I'll do my Yankees franchise because I'm a Yankees fan, but I usually uh, am also the Braves at the same time. So, uh, and my buddy Kyle Wright. I'll, I I'll have to boost his uh his uh his ability on the game and be able to strike out everybody. with him so I'll, <laughs> I'll be rocking a franchise with the with the Braves and the Yankees and and trying to pick up some wins.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, I'll be here just refreshing Twitter until Jadavian Clowney inevitably uh breaks the Titans hearts. <laughs> so if you need me, that's uh that is exactly what I will be doing. Uh Ben is we that appreciate expectations. What do you say?
1: Is that the expectation that he is going to break Titans fans Well, or-
0: uh, there's been chatter in a ton of different directions. The last thing from 53 minutes ago from some guy who probably is not a source, but is his at is Colts Insider says that uh, Colts have made major moves. Giants are trying, and the Titans are out. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, but uh, but we will see. We will see. I don't know if you, if you get rid of Jarrell Casey and open up that much cap room, uh, it, some something big's about to happen. We're just we've just now been waiting three days for that big thing. So. It's either Jadavion Clowney or well, it's, me, or it's Marcus Golden and I, Logan Ryan. So I'm going to either you're, way.
1: I know you should get out of here, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion. Jason Swain and I talked about this on the on the show this morning. Yeah, And, and he asked me, is is Jadavian Clowney the piece that pushes the Titans over the top?
0: I think it could be, because I think at this point, you're not trying to get solid contributors in a guy like Marcus Golden, who uh, has potential off the edge, had a good season for the Giants last year. You're trying to get superstars when you're making a Super Bowl push. And that's what puts you over the edge. It's not a bunch of solid guys. That's what the Titans have had. At this point, you got to go get guys that can single-handedly win you a game when you're playing Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter and you're in the game. So um, I think it could be. I mean, when you look at his stats from last year, obviously you only had three sacks. But according to ESPN's pressure rate, he was the fifth highest in pressuring the quarterback. Uh, when you account for the amount of rushes he had and the amount of times he pressured the QB. He was fifth among all players. So uh, I think you get him in the right system. You get Jeffrey Simmons pushing from the inside. You get Harold Landry and Vic Beasley rotating on the other side. I think that could be a really, really good defense if you go out and get a guy like Noah Igbenogany in the second round and get some speed at corner. I think you're looking at a team that is going to control the football and then really get after the quarterback. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun if they could make it happen.
1: Yeah, Swain and I both thought that J. Clowney could be the piece that pushes them over the edge just because, like you were saying, you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, but uh, just the Titans needing a a pass rusher and that is one of the most important positions in football, especially if you are going to be competing against Patrick Mahomes. So uh, Swain and I both thought that Clowney could be the piece that, that pushes them over the edge.
0: Well, he's a run stopper, too. He's one of the 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 few, I feel like, now coming out of college that can play as a 4-3 D end or a 3-4 outside linebacker. And I think the Titans might do a little bit of both, uh, with with Dean Pease gone and Vrabel being the defensive coordinator. That's a guy who can stop Lamar Jackson in a playoff game, too. I mean, he's, he's as good of a run stopper and got a high motor as he is rushing the passer, so... That's what's gotten me through these past couple weeks is just Titans free agency and and that team going from great to kind of the next level, but uh, but we'll see. I, I I usually have low expectations, so I'm a little worried what's going to happen now that I actually have high hopes for what that team's doing right now. <laughs> um, you have to have high hopes for a living. That's right. Oh, and man. That's, that's it. That's it. That's the song I heard as 2020 began when I actually did have high hopes for 2020. Now we're just, we're, we're on to, 2021's our year. 2021 is it. This is, uh we're just going to go ahead and punt, punt on this year. What we're not doing is punting on this podcast. This was a great uh, first pandemic podcast, Ben. I'm sure we will uh, have you on again in the near future to talk about your, uh, your franchise and what moves you've been making, most importantly. Uh, but as you know with Tennessee, I'm sure something crazy will happen that we'll have to immediately analyze and talk about because even during a pandemic there's there's never a dull moment covering tennessee ben we uh we appreciate the time as always man
1: always appreciate you having me on buddy